Welcome to the crux of investing in finance, everybody. My name is Jay, and thank you for joining me. I just want to thank each and every one of you for listening. It means a lot to me. If you haven't already, please follow our Instagram at Investonomics Education and our Facebook page at Investonomics. So please sit back, relax, and I hope you can learn something new. Before we dive in today, I just want to say that this is a primarily video-based show. So for to get the full experience, you should go to Investonomics YouTube channel, like and subscribe to the channel, and you can follow the video there for a nice visual representation of what I'm going to be talking about. Hello everyone and thank you for joining us at Investonomics. Today we're talking about short selling. Short selling is possibly one of the most overlooked concepts within the financial industry. Although many investors go long or buy assets, they don't utilize the versatility of short selling and what it has to offer. The main reason for this is that many lack knowledge about it and the risks that are involved and so they tend to stay away from it as a side of the market. So today our aim is to simplify the act of the short sale and advocate using it in, the, in places where it is the most effective, some terminology associated with it, and various costs associated with it, and as well as the usefulness to hedge risk in a portfolio using short positions. So let's talk a little bit about the history of short selling to get started here. The idea of short selling was introduced by a Dutch businessman named Isaac Lemaire in 1609, so it's quite old. He sold short a vast quantity of the Dutch East India Company, which as we know is the most is the oldest publicly traded company in existence, in an attempt to time its downward spiral when it collapsed. Historically, the negative intentions and vulture-like tendencies of short sellers and large investors has made it a target for criticism, but shorting has often been blamed for periods of time when markets and by governments as well, and it's often been banned. Short selling has been linked to initiating various London and Amsterdam related banking crises, the fall of the Dutch tulip mania, and more recently on Black Wednesday in 1992, where a famous investor named George Soros short sold $10 billion of pound sterling, which is the Great British pound and he has, is said to have broken the Bank of England. Another situation where this happened is the Wall Street collapse of 1929. This actually initiated the Great Depression, and it's also commonly blamed on short selling as well, since this is a big part of the rundown of stocks. Because of this, in 1938 and up to 2007, the SEC, or Securities Exchange Commission, implemented the uptick rule, the rule stipulates that traders and investors can't short a stock that is falling, and it must actually be done when the stock is moving upwards or on an uptick. The rule supposedly reduces damage caused through declines in stock prices through the idea that there would be less short interest from speculators, and this is simply because you have to short it when it's moving upwards, which isn't favorable for speculators. So now we'll dive a bit deeper. What exactly is short selling? Although it can seem complex, the actual act of short selling is really simple. 
The most common type is called physical short selling, where the investor borrows an asset from the broker or another investor and sells it at the current market price. And this doesn't actually need to be the case. It can actually also be using a limit order or a stop limit order at a preferred price that triggers the short sale. The borrower then has an open short position when this happens and to close it, the exact same asset type and amount must be bought and returned to the lender. And in this case, it is fungible, meaning it has to be the exact same as we know from NFTs. This is called covering the short or just covering is common jargon as well. The trader investor then profits when the price of the asset declines. So it's the opposite of a long position. They buy back the asset at the lower price and the difference from where they sold the number of shares, where they sold short times the number of shares equals the investor's profits. So now let's talk about some of the dangers of short selling. In unhedged short position, one for which there is no offsetting long or derivative such as option or futures contract position, is really dangerous and if proper risk management isn't used it can actually bankrupt the investor and it's not a good thing. The main reason for this is because short positions incur losses as an asset's price appreciates. So for equities, which is stocks in this case, the price and therefore the losses in theory are unlimited. Now if we compare this to a long-sided trade, the worst case scenario is if the stock goes to zero, which means we have a 100% loss. We lose all the money we invested. But for a short position, we can actually lose well over 100% if the price runs up very much. And this is seen in penny stocks often. This risk of large losses means that the lender also runs a risk that the borrower won't be able to return the shares that they borrowed. And to take care of this, the broker usually requires a posting of what's called margin. And it's kind of like collateral. There are two main kinds of margin, which is maintenance and initial margin. Initial margin is the posted margin, also called collateral, usually in the form of cash in a brokerage account that's actually needed and required to open a short position. Initial margin is relatively small in the United States, the requirement that is, and it can also be seen as a bank secured loan in that we need that collateral in order to borrow the money to use. Maintenance margin, on the other hand, is the adjusted margin required once the short position is open and the price of the security is fluctuating. If the price actually rises past the short sale price, the price at which we sold at, losses start to accrue and the lender may issue what's called a margin call. Now a margin call is when the lender is adjusting the amount of collateral or margin that is required to be held and if the price rises this is usually increasing and this is necessary in order to hedge the lender's risk in case of them not being able to return the shares. Now if maintenance margin can't be met and a margin call is issued, the lender has the authority to fully liquidate the investor's short position and the resulting loss will be the difference between the liquidation price and the price at which they sold short times the number of shares you held. Now let's take a look at what exactly naked short selling is. 
So a common type of shorting prior to 2008 was called naked short selling. We don't see it much anymore, and we'll talk about this in a moment. Typically, to short a stock, the investor first has to locate the shares with the lender with which they wish to short sell. Now, the reason they do this is to ensure that the shares are available for when the borrower actually buys back the shares. It reduces risk in this way. Now, naked shorting differs from this because it avoids the need to locate the shares that you need to cover by utilizing the promise to deliver the shares, and it's more like a contract, through the notion of what's called a hypothecated share. This means that there's a promise to return the shares to the lender, even though it isn't guaranteed shares exist to fulfill this promise. Now, since the 2008 financial crisis, where things got pretty ugly, naked short selling has been banned by the SEC, although loopholes still exist to this day. And the main reason for this was the huge short sale that happened with um, credit default swaps and various mortgage securities. The danger actually stems from the failure to deliver the shares at the close of the position. This really adds stress to the markets and isn't good overall. But regardless, naked shorting has been found to actually improve liquidity in the markets and actually aid in price discovery of various stock and options and various derivatives. So let's talk about the cost of short selling. The cost of borrowing shares in the United States has been steadily declining over the years, much like commissions, and now they're roughly around 1% per atom or even less for very liquid stocks like Apple or Google. In times where there is a shortage of shares available, the limited supply levels have resulted in extremely high borrowing costs. This is mainly because of the heightened what's called short interest, and it may spike annual borrowing costs to more than 50% per year. This means that half of the price of stock is paid in borrowing costs over a one-year period if you choose to hold it that long. The limited supply of shares where there is a high short interest is called being hard to borrow. And we see this a lot and you can actually see it on your brokerage account if it is a hard to borrow stock. Generally speaking, normally liquid stocks have commissions equal to that of going long the stock. And what this means is that shorting costs the exact same as going long in normal circumstances and over the short term when you're trading it. Now, another avenue where costs may arise relates to the actual margin. If the asset's price rises above the short sold price, the maintenance margin will first transfer any leftover cash balances to margin to cover the collateral requirements with the increasing price. And after those are used up, the investor's margin balance is used up. And this is the borrowing amount in that account. So the amount you're authorized to borrow. Since margin requirements automatically eats into the margin balance once the cash reserves are fully depleted, the margin charges interest, and this is much like a loan from a bank would because essentially it is loan money. And this is essentially why you need a margin account to short sell a stock. So next time we'll go over some scenarios and positions in terms of short selling and dive a little bit deeper into exactly what happens when you do short sell. So here's some quick graphs to get a visual example. So here when we go long, we can see that over time we make profits when the stock goes up. 
And very much the same, but the opposite is when we short a stock, we make money when it goes down. So we'll see you guys next week. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating on here. It means a lot to me. And make sure to write a little review, either what we can improve or what you liked. That helps us out a bunch. I'll see you guys next time.